Hi, and welcome to the Nomad Sailing Podcast. A Nomad Sailing are a small family-run sailing school, uh, the best, obviously, on the south coast of the UK. Uh, the team consists of myself, Lou, the chief instructor, my brother, Jim, the school principal, and Joe, our ops manager, will be bringing you all things sailing and nautical over the coming weeks and months. So please subscribe and share and get in touch if you have a topic you'd like us to cover and contact us at www.nomadsailing.co.uk and please enjoy. Hello, uh, it's Jim Barden here, uh, another podcast for you. I've got my sister Lou and Joe uh, in other operating seats in different places. We thought we'd have a quick chat about um, some of our favourite places to visit, I suppose called cruising grounds or cruising areas maybe some of those that are on our bucket lists and it'd be good to hear about some places that you've always wished to go you know these holidays that we plan on a boat or these adventures we have for a, a weekend or a, or a week or so what is it that makes us decide on where to go really i was going to start off with what makes a, an appealing cruising area joe what would what would be on what would tick your box well i think um it's probably harder to come by some of them these days but somewhere nice and quiet somewhere that that maybe you've just discovered or or kind of new areas, probably not many left in these uh, these times, and it's unlikely that you'll end up in one of these places by yourself. But the uh, kind of idyllic idea of of arriving somewhere stunning and, and being the only boat at anchor. Left. I mean, you can still do it, can't you? I sometimes think going to the Solent, which has got quite a lot of places to go. But if you go there in February, you get that same sort of isolation and remoteness in some of the really pretty parts of the Solent. But yeah, it's a shame to have to wait until it's minus four. Yeah. How about you? What are you looking for in a well, I think you're right, and I think it would be very easy for us to forget the Solent because we we sail it all the time. We teach there, but for me, it's it is again. It's somewhere different, um, and somewhere that might be a bit of a challenge in terms of the planning and the the pilotage, and somewhere that you know is potentially beautiful. Hmm. That often delivers what Joe was saying, doesn't it? If the the pilotage seems challenging and the chart is littered with rocks and green areas. You find there are less cruisers there. Obviously, like you say, it takes a bit more planning, but that is quite an enjoyable element. Yeah, definitely. Um, what sort of places are there like that that you can think of in the UK that you've been to? Well, I think the Sillies can be um, the Sillies can be quite challenging. I think in terms of the nav, although there is clearly marked main entrance to, to the whole area, mm-hmm. but there are other ways in. Um, I think Scotland's the west coast and the north coast mm. because it does lack voyage up there so, not as much as that no not at all on your pilotage techniques yeah I, I love the west coast of scotland that is a real standout uk sailing destination for, for all sorts of reasons for me uh, i'm probably like you too i like i like the the beauty spots and the isolation but i like this i like the time ashore and if it doesn't offer any good times ashore <laughs> I'm maybe not as keen, but Scotland's got all of that. Some cracking ports and harbours. And no, always, a, right. always a great welcome. Uh, well, I think that's absolutely right. And there doesn't have to be a lot, does there? I mean, in many of these places we've been on the West Coast, there's probably just one pub or one place where you can meet the locals because one that's pub. really quite key, I found, with my time on the Western North Coast, is that talking to the locals was really um, useful. Definitely. That local knowledge both on where to go ashore and, and uh, how, how to pilot your way around. Yeah, I was thinking that one pub and four distilleries. <laughs> some great little, great little routes around the West Coast. Um, we'd, we've done some with Nomad and I've done some with friends going from Oban down to Isle to Jura to Mull. To, uh, we didn't make it to Skye, but I think you did. Mm. E- each of those has got some cracking distilleries on there. Yeah, I think that is great. And I, I think the thing with the West Coast is getting up there and also I think, where did you... Where did you go out of Campbelltown? Was it when you we went? did? Yeah, we did. 
with, uh, with some friends, we picked up a boat in, uh, in Largs in the Firth of Clyde. So if your first time in, in Scotland, it's a bit more protected inside the Firth of Clyde. So picking up a boat in Largs, we had a drop off in Oban, but you could always, always return it to, to Largs. And there's, there's plenty of places there. One that stands out was uh, Campbellton. I don't know if you've heard the song by Andy Stewart. Well, I was on a boat at Scotsman. I'd never heard the song before, but they all, as we were going into the lock, which takes you into Campbellton, they all piped up with um, a chorus from at the Andy Stewart song. Oh, Campbellton Lock, oh, you're so pretty, Campbellton Lock, okay. Oh, Campbellton Lock, if you were whiskey, I would drink you dry. What do you think I about guess. that for a Scottish accent? <laughs> so it's an easy one to learn. Indeed. And, and, and there's a great distillery there too. Until, until the fire. Yeah, I think the thing is with the, with the West Coast is absolutely stunning, but there's such a lack of places where you can actually pick, pick up a, a charter boat. So if you want to go further up, I mean, one of, the, I think, almost the most stunning place I've ever sort of turned to starboard and crept into is a little place called Badacro, which is right. sort of right up there. And it, I know Oban's a popular place, <clears throat> excuse me, to pick a boat up, but you'd never, you know, if you've just got a seven day or a five day charter, mm. you're never going to get up there and back again. But it, it took my breath away. It was absolutely stunning and would suit you down to the ground because there was a great little pub right on the waterfront there. You have to row ashore. His top shelf was just just full of whiskey, oh. just, and it went from being £3.50 for a wee dram up to £128 for a wee the thing dram. Is you have a few £3.50s and then you start getting tempted to... <laughs> I was going to say, which ones did you go for, Lou? Did you, uh, did you try I, that? I couldn't go for the... I was just skippering for, for that uh for, for sean doing that swim that time and we had no money i mean I could, it was really we were begging really most of the way up there so i couldn't really justify 128 quid for a wee drum but it was it was tempting but up there you see you get further up there i mean it's stunning isn't it white yeah. sand yeah. crystal clear the north coast is the same yeah. No, i you know the north coast is truly beautiful and we met some amazing people but you mm just need to be really careful up there because you're very exposed and there's really very few places to hide apart from Loch Erebor, which is the deepest lock in Scotland apparently. No doubt we'll get lots of people saying, no it isn't, no it isn't. Maybe it's the deepest lock on the north coast. Well it's, it stands out then doesn't it really? U UK areas, not that we've been everywhere but I think Lou and I agree you know it's a standout area to go cruising. Yeah. Hard to beat. I had some other things written down uh, the east coast of Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland and, and the island of Ireland, Bangor and Strangford Lock and Port of Ferry, all fantastic. But yeah, if, if this is a podcast about the, the top cruising areas, uh, I think in the UK for me, it's Scotland. Joe, you're, you're, um, you've got a lot of South Coast and West Country experience. Yeah, well, I haven't been lucky enough yet, unfortunately, to, um, to explore Scotland by, by um, boat or by sailing. In fact, I haven't explored Scotland hugely um, at all, but some, some work trips up there um for me the silly isles really stand out on the west country um i think a because it's a, a slight trek to get there from from somewhere like falmouth which was a trip i did with flu um so it takes a little bit of nav and a good few hours to get across to them um and a bit like you guys were saying about scotland really when when you arrive there they're almost a different world the water is that much clearer and the sand is that much sharper um, and obviously coupled with the, the island life and the, um, all the anchorages that you can visit there around either St Mary's or Tresco or, 
all the other islands around there, the um, yeah, they really stick out for me. And some great pubs, obviously. Oh. I remember some particularly. I think the first <laughs> pub we went into had an old lifeboat that they converted into the bar, which I thought was very smart. So it's probably the other reason. There's not much to do on the sillies. Some good nav, though. <laughs> some good nav at certain times of tide. You yeah, sneak through some little passages. I think we did a bit of that, didn't we? We did indeed, yeah. yeah. And the route there is good, isn't it? The, the, the route to the West Country from where we're based is has got some lovely harbours. I'd love a smaller boat to go down there to get into some of the, obviously with them um, on Nomad or Menai, we're restricted quite heavily on the, um, the kind of Cornish fishing ports because we obviously just say most of them are, are drying. So to get in there with a little bilge keeler and explore some of the other ports on the way down, mm. I think would be mm. pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, Polpero's absolutely lovely, isn't it? I saw, funnily enough, I saw a programme just the other night on a big new gate they were putting on their port. On, like on the little fishing bit in that you go into the harbour. On the harbour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive new gate. I mean, to get that actually in there was incredible just to see them do that. But it's absolutely beautiful. I think there are a couple of mooring boys. You have to attach bow and stern just outside that harbour wall that yachts can use. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit out of the way. And if they're full, then you're sort of stuck. A bit stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The inspiration for a lot of these visits can come from um, reference books like pilot books, and we'll put in the in the details of some of the books we've used to research these trips. But certainly, Channel Pilot for the, Channel Pilot for the West Country, and there's a few different ones for Scotland, East yeah. Coast, and East Coast of Ireland. But we'll give you some notes on those. Anywhere before we leave uh, the UK to go further afield, anyway. I mean, I haven't. There's other places we haven't mentioned that are delightful for other reasons, the East Coast and so on. But anywhere you, you haven't been that you'd like to visit, Joe. Well, yeah, I think, um, I mean, Scotland's going to be pretty high on my list, having not done it. Um, but I sort of follow one of your, your dreams, Jim, of, of having a vessel that would allow you to visit all the places that most vessels can't visit in the Solent. Going those extra distances, either up the Medina River or into creeks and inlets that, um, that would only be accessible by a smaller boat, probably a bilge keeler, um, to kind of, because there's still, when you look at the charts, when you're out teaching, you think there's still a vast amount of areas that we routinely don't go um, down to our kind of draft and the access there. That's right. With poor stop limits by the specifications. I think this, this little nomad explorer would have a particular specification, wouldn't it? A draft of about three feet and a, and a mast you could fold, fold down to the deck to get under the little bridges. Yeah, I think there's a, still a lot of places that we could, um, we could go and explore in the right boat. <laughs> East Coast is, I should do the East Coast really, it's never been particularly of interest to me. The Caledonia Canal I didn't mention because we did that a few years back which was quite interesting mm. going through all the locks and through a canal in a yacht which is odd and tacking all the way down Loch Ness was amazing. Mm. But you said the East Coast of Scotland Lovely. and Strangford Lock is stunning. But I the East Coast of Ireland, yeah. Sorry, Ireland. I'd quite like to do the West yeah. Coast of Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. It's all out there, isn't it? And it's, it's like it's like normal holidays. You think, I like this place so much, you'll go back to it. Or really, should I spend this one trip a year and, and try somewhere new? Anyway, going to uh, a bit further afield. I know like, like me, Lou um, and Joe as well, we haven't really gone much further than Atlantic coast of Europe and, and the Mediterranean in terms of my sailing. But what stands out for me and you guys about places you've visited? These are exposed recommendations to our listeners as well. Again, we could just make a list of them. Easily accessible with lots of charter boats. Can't beat Greece and Croatia. Uh, lots of choice and good value there. But I'm going to just pick out a couple that 
really stood out and that was the north coast of Sicily and the volcanic islands to the north called the Aeolians. You can, you can, you can charter in that area and it's well worthwhile. It's, it's spectacular, the food's great and it's culturally it's very different to other parts of Europe. I think Sicily stands out, really nice place. And secondly, the northwest corner of uh, Spain called Galicia. Sometimes they call it God's handprint. It's as if God put his hand down and made these indentations in the coastline, which are in the form of rias that go up into the, into the granite, sort of not almost mountains, but hills of that area. And the little fishing ports all built out of granite there are fantastic and stand out for me. Um, Bayona, where we stopped after a delivery, right in the middle of a festival, fortunately. Yeah. And Vigo, Isla de San Martino. If you can get to Galicia, I think that's um, of the European places, astonishing. Yeah, you I go. think I'd agree with you. They do. They took. They they did. Take, I think it was Bayona, wasn't it? That just sort of did take my breath away. That that was that was stunningly beautiful up there. Yeah, similarly for me, really. I don't think you can beat the um, sailing out of Greece and the Ionian for for some great sailing and some great tavernas and um, and little harbours and areas to explore. Um, certainly, some other places I'd like to go, but I think. Maybe for us, that kind of does act as a holiday because it's a bit more, you can kind of sail by your watch a bit out there, can't you? And it tends to be kind of easier sailing and um, no tides, obviously, which make life mm. much easier. So I think uh, the Ionian will always appeal to me. Oh, that's great. I often, often suggest it to people for their first charter because it's not, well, you will get some wind there. It's not going to be too challenging in terms of wind. Whereas the Cyclades, you, you can get your guarantee to force eight in any one week, apparently. Uh, and there's, or you could go somewhere in between. The Dodecanese gives you that mix of, of wind and longer passages between the islands. So that's, that's great about Greece. Get the pilot book. Um, what's his name? Rod Heichel. That's it, old Rod. Never, never pays for an Uzo in any taverna he goes to. <laughs> No, I definitely but want this job. Get, get hold of that book, order it from the library, and yeah, have a look at it for a couple of weeks and look at all the different places you go. Greece, that does stand out. Um, yeah, it's the Greek waters pilot, isn't it? He does the Greek mm. and the Turkish and the, well, most of Europe, to be fair. Oh, one yeah. book that does, I remember finding really useful if you do do Croatia was Seven Seven Harbours, Seven 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 Harbours and Anchorages. If you can get that as an alternative to the Adriatic pilots, it's really neat. It's got a lot of places in it that the other books didn't have. Oh, cool. Anywhere else in uh, Europe? Well, I think for, for me that uh, Turkey, because it's really good value. I mean, actually, Greece is certainly the, the moorings in Greece are good value, but I have found that the prices in Furnas have gone extortionately mm. high when I was there about three years ago. But Turkey, offers I think exceptional value um, when you're mm. eating ashore but also um, I just remember a holiday there with some friends and I was determined to sail a distance and they sort of convinced me well actually the boat wasn't really up to speed so the boat persuaded us not to do so and the Go Czech Peninsula because yeah. it's just got the most gorgeous little bays in it really tiny little bays but you know that you can anchor and they put some posts in because you take you drop your anchor and you take a line ashore People used to put them around trees, but now yeah. you put them on the stake. And, um, you know, I couldn't, we couldn't really pronounce the names of the bays. So we ended up, you know, some had goats and others had tombs in. So we, so it was Goat Bay and Tomb Bay. And the best thing was there was um, a market boat that used right. to come round to you. And it was literally quite a large boat that had anything and everything that you, ice creams. I mean, my crew were like, have they got wine? I asked, do you have wine? Yes, they have wine. Yes, they have wine. So the boat used to make a beeline for us, I think, every single day because we used to buy numerous bottles of wine. But 
it was just beautiful not not sailing much you could sail more if you wanted but anchor in these gorgeous bays that you'd wake up in the morning and mm. you can you can charter out of go check itself and it's just opposite fetier as well so you, i think you can charter out there as well actually what you said there about value that, that made me leave a few places off my list which i thought were spectacularly beautiful but expensive if you ever had to visit a marina and that particularly is the um oh the Blerics. oh yeah i've done two sailing trips to ibiza and uh yeah spectacular beautiful but every time you hit a marina you, you get fleeced <laughs> yeah it's extortionate isn't it when did we do that trip 2008 we're in a little boat weren't we and we didn't even stay in main main marina well we stayed in a marina but it wasn't ibiza town because we had a problem with the engine and back in 2008 for that tiny little boat i remember it because it's always been etched in my mind it was 98 euros mm. and that was 2008 i dread to think what it is now but yeah they are beautiful absolutely beautiful well finish off um there's a bucket list and it's enormous <laughs> places you'd like to sail and um, and for what reason what is it that draws you to some of these places that are on the list i know some that i'm going to talk about after you guys are i suppose what draws me to them is that they might be less popular might be less less people sailing boats there and again the navigation but joe what what's in your what are your ambitions in terms of let's say a week or two week sailing adventure i'd love to do the fjords i think um i was watching only a couple of days ago actually i think it's Quite an older um, Tom Cunliffe video was doing some stuff on the navigation around all the tiny yeah. islands off of um, Sweden and Norway. Um, so, I mean, both from the from the navigation uh, aspect, I'd love that. He had some great little publications um, that that we use, kind of instead of charts up there to uh, to assist you with the navigation, um, and also the idea of seeing the um, the Northern Lights from from a yacht or an anchor is pretty pretty awesome mm. yeah i think that's um that's got to be pretty high up there and if i was up that way um maybe across to iceland and then maybe back down to do some of scotland be quite a mammoth trip there but it would be quite a nice circle wouldn't it yeah i find those appealing that they sometimes pop up on some of my social media feeds like take sail a boat to the to the fjords of norway do a bit of skiing and then like you say complete the trip with a, an adventure to iceland yeah but I had I had the inside on the inside of that peninsula on my list the um the Swedish archipelago near near Stockholm and the rest of the Baltic the Gulf of Finland. There's a lot up there, isn't there? There's a lot of um lot of places that you could. Well, you want to spend a whole season before it freezes over. Yeah, yeah, I think I like that. I like that idea because it's different to most people's. A lot of people obviously want to go down to warmer climates. But um, in the right boat, I think heading heading north. I thought you were going to say straight away Jamaica or the Caribbean, so you could drink more rum. But a rum, yeah, no, I mean the the Caribbean is is probably still on that list somewhere. As with a lot of these things, it's it's going back to trying to find, find places that are quiet. I can imagine you could find some stunning places that are that are pretty quiet up there in the fjords. There, mm -hmm. where are you booking next, Lou? Well, I would agree with both of you in terms of the fjords and all, all of that area and, and slightly north. I'd love, love to do that. Um, but I think that I'd also like to try the South China Sea, Vietnam, Cambodia, around that area. Oh, pirates. Pirates, I know. It's a shame. But, um, Mind you, you're a bit of a pirate yourself, aren't you? So <laughs> you'd fit right in. <laughs> right in. I think I'd definitely, um, I'd like 
to do that, try that before it becomes overwhelmed by yachts and sailing boats. I think it is becoming more and more popular uh-huh. in that part of the world. We've, we've had a few um, people, haven't we? Do some training with us from um, Korea and places like that. I think mm-hmm. I'd definitely love to try that around that sort of Vietnam peninsula type Malaysia. Well, I was born there, so why not sail around it? Yeah, sail home. Sail home. <laughs> born there, die there. <laughs> it is a big list, isn't it? When I was thinking about it before we did this, I've also got extending where we've been in the Med before. We, um, Lou and I did quite a lot of our early sailing in, in um, offshore type boats with our mum and dad on trips to Corfu. And it became a kind of a regular thing, Corfu and the Northern Ionian. And you could always see um, on the chart and from the boat, the coast of Albania, which is kind of level with Corfu on the other side. And it was a, there's a big line on the chart that says you can't go there, which means, of course, you want to go there. And um, it's now opening up a bit, I understand. And there are some entries included in the Adriatic pilot. So Albania is my Mediterranean bucket list. It might not be any good at all. I don't know what's, what's ashore. And the other one would be the, um, the Black Sea and the coast of Bulgaria and then north up to Romania. I think then you can start to go up a bit of the Danube River Delta. Mm. So again, if you've got the right boat, a bit of exploring up the Delta. Um, yeah, in Romania and Bulgaria. Nice. And then further afield, <laughs> outside of Europe. Anywhere? Well, else? you know, I'd be with you on Galapagos and, and, and stuff like that. But I have to say, I'm, you know, maybe, maybe South America, but I have no desire uh, to do the Caribbean or anything like that, I'm afraid. Um, but certainly maybe South America, Galapagos, but we don't really want to encourage people sailing there, do we? Well, that's it. There's an impact everywhere, isn't it? That's, we were saying at the beginning before we started that one of the reasons we choose these places on our bucket list is because there might be less people, but by going there, we have an impact, you know. Um, I've also got, I'm quite keen to go up to the, the sort of historic historical places we've read about in the books of, of a, like old European seafarers trying to find passages. So Nova Scotia and Northwest Passage appeals to me. Inlets and river systems around Halifax on the east coast of Canada, maybe down to Patagonia, where the glaciers meet the sea. Australia and New Zealand, I think, um, will be on my list further afield. Will be quite a trek again. I think there's a lot of. I think the Australia thing is um, definitely a kind of bucket list sailing under the Harbour Bridge, uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge idea. Um, but I think there'd be some again some awesome places to um, to look at around New Zealand. Oh yeah. Well, we've got we've got people we know people in New Zealand who 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 did their day skipper here and moved to New Zealand many years ago, and they do quite a bit of sailing actually. Still on their Facebook site, seems to be enjoying it. Stuart would always say Mexico is the best place he'd sailed, and I, I can kind of see that Mexico and maybe down to Central America. Yeah, we've basically covered the whole world, haven't we? Yeah, basically everywhere. So it's time to pack the company in and just sail. We could we could we could start with a fjords trip. Okay, signing off. No mad sailing. <laughs> <laughs> after, you know, after discussing all of these different um, things on a bucket list, you can see why a round-the-world trip is appealing to so many people. It's difficult to choose just one spot. They all offer something very different, don't they? All the ones we've discussed there, you can see some for the kind of easier sailing, some for the, the much harder complex navigation. There's, there really is something for everybody, isn't there? Now, not wishing to, although I don't 
I don't know if we get that much listenership. I'm not, not wishing to damage their, their tourist industry, but are there any places that you would <laughs> never go again or kind of didn't live up to expectations or do you just found particularly horrible? We're allowed to say Cherbourg. <laughs> well, you can, but I disagree <laughs> with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of Cherbourg. Yeah, you're a bit of a lover, aren't Madame you? Madame Reptiles and the Old Town. Yeah, no, it doesn't quite do it. Okay. Um, okay. Cherbourg. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd, I'd, you know, the East Coast, I think I'd just not, you know, Dover and, I mean, for me, if I, you know, I live in Hastings and if, if we were, did, were to have a boat here, I would always much prefer to turn right than left. Yeah, start. I'd agree. We've done Eastbourne and Brighton, haven't we, Lou? And I remember, I mean, it wasn't the best trip in the world as it was a bit kind of failed and we came back. But I remember thinking it was nice to see these places, but I don't think I'd... Uh, I'd be rushing back to some of the places heading east yeah. from, um, from here. Although I would like to do the Thames, which was the intention yeah. on that trip. But I think the, um, as you say, most of the East Coast, maybe it's stunning. Maybe we do need to do it. To, you, can't, you can't beat a little cruise past Dagenham. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, do you know what I thought, what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say Gibraltar. Oh, well, yes. I mean, I could give Gibraltar a miss at any point in time. I've been stuck there on too many occasions. Yeah. Dreadful place. I'd forgot. Oh, you see, I'd blocked it out of my memory because I dislike it so much. <laughs> but once you get either side of it, actually, to re- once you pass Tarifa Point up mm. to Cadiz, that was, Cadiz was amazing, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, oh yeah. The trouble is there's so many, and we haven't even mentioned On Flow, which is my favorite channel hop destination from here, and Savas. True. We, when we were talking about Europe, we missed out a lot of the places we'd love to go, you know, every year, which are the Normandy coast and the Brittany coast, which are all within reach and we often run trips to. Yeah. Which end up being oversubscribed and they're, they're great fun. Seven to nine days, say in the north coast of France, every little town's got seafood usually and a little character of its own. Yeah, they're all so historical, aren't they? There's so much mm. history. I mean, this is why, you know, and I, as you know, I went to Australia a few years ago, not sailing or anything, but... um. See, it's, to me, it's just too far to go, even for the Whit Sundays, which I've heard many people just explode about how fabulous they are. But mm. I just, I'm just not, it's too far. Well, maybe we do this same podcast next year. We might have one more place to add, I doubt it. <laughs> well, not since we've been sitting in a dark, sitting in front of our computer screens for months on end. I don't know. But uh, hopefully the St. Marlowe trip will go. And Joe, you will see Il Chose, which again, you see the first time I'd ever been there last year. It was amazing. Yeah, the Channel Islands. The top few are good in the Il south of Jersey. Yeah, well, last year when we went down there in between lockdowns, the Channel Islands weren't even letting anybody into their waters. They were any any yacht or any boat that was that, that was seen to be in their their air, their waters, they were calling them up on 16 and asking them what their intentions were. You weren't even allowed to anchor off mm. anywhere, not even off Sark or Herm or anything. You, you had to clear their waters. You weren't allowed into their ports unless various regulations, blah, blah, blah. But hopefully that'll be different this summer. Well, maybe a sailing simulator with a VR headset is the way forward. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up for this week. Um, if Lou's happy, we'll play you out with um, Andy Stewart's Campbellton Lock. Can you splice that in? Yeah, no problem. Crack on. Oh, Campbellton Lock, I wish you were whiskey. Campbellton Lock, oh, hi. Campbellton Lock, I wish you were whiskey. I would drink you dry. 
Now Carmelton Loch is a beautiful place, but the price of the whiskey is grim. How nice it would be if the whiskey was free and the loch was full up to the brim. Oh, Carmelton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, Carmelton Loch, oh pie. Oh, Carmelton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, I would drink it dry. I'd buy a yacht with the money I've got and I'd anchor it out in the bay. If I wanted a nip, I'd go in for a dip, I'd be swimming by night and by day. Oh, oh. Cumberton Lock, I wish you were a whiskey, Cumberton Lock, oh pie. Oh, Cumberton Lock, I wish you were a whiskey, I would drink you dry.